very warm welcome to another exciting episode of psychology talks and uh, this is my first episode of 2022 i took a little break uh, because i wanted a little bit of rest and i wanted to rejuvenate my energy so here i am again and with new enthusiasm and with new shows so uh, welcome back so wherever from you you're listening let us know that where are you from and uh, let us know that what is the time because around the world it is completely different somewhere it's morning somewhere it's evening so let us know from where are you uh, logged into and uh, today's show is um, a little bit of different because uh, it's all about um, auditing finance and a lot of people are actually hesitant uh, when they think about finance numbers auditing they are more scared of the process so today i have invited a guest who is an experienced auditor and who also thinks along the same line that we are not only about to follow the process we need to add the human touch to uh, auditing and finance so it can be more fun and people are more less scared about it and he is the director of uh, let me see this yeah so he is uh, he channels the process so the auditor asks the right question and he's so passionate about the corporate audit and just like before logging in today uh, to the show he was saying that he also hates number so but he loves the process and he wants to make sure that people who follow the process do not hate the same number and processes so i'm sure that today's uh, discussion will be amazing and let's welcome robert berry hello well uh, robert thank you so hey. much for us today well thank you for having me yeah so how are you and how's your day i i hope i guess it's uh, morning time right it is 11.30 a.m. And I, look, every day is a good day. I always say every day that you don't wake up dead is a good day. So. Yes, yes, that's definitely it is a good day. So I have given a little bit of introduction, but um, tell us a little bit more about yourself so our audience get to know you uh, better. Yeah, so so I, I've spent the bulk of my career as an auditor. And I, I tell a lot of people I'm a certified public accountant, but I hate numbers. And, and it's true. I hate numbers. Numbers aren't what really drive organizations and what drive people to do better in life. It's people that drive people. And so in my business, I always say what we look at are the people, the processes, and then the profits, because people drive the processes and the processes drive the profits that you generate. And a lot of people try to take the people element out and you cannot. So again, I hate numbers and I like people. And that's what I like to focus on are the people. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but of course you pursued a career in this uh, field, right? So how come you get into this career first, like when you hate the numbers? So, so here's the thing. So the, the reason that I actually got into the career field though, is because if you want to find out what's important to a company or to a person, look at where they spend either their time or their money. And I knew that I always wanted to help companies improve and be better. What better way to determine what's important to an organization is to find out where they spend their money. The way to find out where, they're spend, where they spend their money is to understand the flow of money in the organization. And you do that from an accounting standpoint. But 
once you understand the numbers, then you can understand everything else that drives an organization. So that's really why I got into the career field. I knew I didn't want to just crunch numbers for the rest of my life, but I knew I needed to try and understand the numbers. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's say hi to the people who are joining us from like, like Aditya saying hi. Hello, Aditya. Mustafa is also saying hi. He's from Kenya, logged in. Um, Barakat Ali is from India. And uh, Banita Lee uh, is saying hi, Robert, and hi, me. So hello, Banita. And thank you for joining So for today. And you can ask any question in between. So whenever like you have any question, feel free to ask. So coming back to the discussion. Um, yeah, that's the main thing that, uh, as you said, people are hate number and I also to be honest I'm not good at numbers and that is the reason why I also actually joined the field of psychology because it is not dealing with that type of number and basically it's dealing more with uh, people so uh, otherwise you know like I have a very great interest in physics uh, if I were really good at number I would have gone for the field of physics so uh, tell us that why actually people don't like audit. I mean, because I remember when I used to be working with a corporate uh, environment, like when whenever there was a, like audit about to start, there was a complete different air environment in the office. People were scared. They were have tension on the face, and this is like you know, it's like in auditors are going to come, and the entire month would be you know uh, very like tense. So what is, why people actually don't like audit? You know, I, I think that there it's one of two reasons that people don't like auditors and they're both on different ends of the spectrum. So no one likes to be criticized and an audit feels like criticism. And to a certain extent, it kind of is. So either something is wrong with you internally and you don't like to be quote unquote criticized and that way you won't like auditors. So that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is while there are a lot of good auditors out there, there are a lot of bad ones out there and bad ones can actually ruin the experience for uh, someone who is emotionally mature. So emotionally mature people, they don't mind being audited because they don't mind someone coming in and looking at what they're doing and giving them an honest assessment. Emotionally immature people are intimidated, afraid, scared, nervous. So again, if you're emotionally mature, you don't mind being audited. The reason yeah. that you might not like audit is because you're dealing with some bad auditors. So it's one of those two reasons. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're actually very correctly said that nobody likes to be judged, nobody likes to be criticized, and nobody likes you know, to question about their way of working. So that is the fear actually, I think, makes the entire auditing process. Uh, more sort of um, fearful or people are scared not because of the process of the audit they actually be feel scared because they will be asked question about the process and they have been like sort of in their comfort zone and like when people ask them why did they do this what is the reason behind and maybe like there could be some mistakes by them and if, when they are pointed out about the mistakes so nobody likes it so that gives us another question that how do you tackle this problem? Because, you know, it is, of course, your task is to identify those loopholes, those points where, you know, where you feel that it should be uh, rectified. So how do you deal with the people, especially 
when how do you tell them that this is their mistakes well and see here, here's the thing here's one big way to to really put people at ease an audit is not about finding mistakes oh <laughs> yes it's about finding the truth and whatever the truth is because there is a such thing as having a good audit if you go in and you look at something and everything is fine then you should be able to say we looked at it and everything is fine and a lot of people don't understand that they think it's about finding something that's wrong i don't necessarily want to find something wrong because that means there's more work for me to do right yeah. so the first thing is putting people at ease and getting them to understand that it's all about the truth the second thing is there's a way to be constructive in any criticism that you might give and some of us don't know how to be constructive in that because if you think about this when you're at work when people are working on a big project at work what do they always say about that project they say this project is my baby yes right this is my baby and then if you come in and you're an auditor and you don't have any tact and you are very destructive in your criticism it's almost like you're calling somebody's baby ugly and and who yes. would call somebody's baby ugly right yes so it, it takes a lot of tact and a lot of honest uh, feedback to really put people at ease. But again, these are people who have to be emotionally stable themselves. If you're dealing with people who are emotionally unstable, all bets are off whether you're an auditor or an accountant or a salesperson or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, basically, I think we, you need to uh, detach the process with, the, with their emotions. I think this is very important because um, uh, as you mentioned, like people get so attached to the project or to this, uh, to whatever like they're doing, that, that they are actually emotionally connected with it. And then you need to actually give them the uh, whatever suggestion or whatever like your uh, uh, point of view is in a way that that does not create a friction with their emotions. I think this is very important to deal with the people. So. Yeah. Tell us any um, story that maybe when you've uh, dealt with a very uh, difficult client and then you need to, uh, you tackled very, very um, uh, in a different way. So if you can recall of any, you can share with us. Oh boy. You know what? I've <laughs> never had a difficult client in my oh, life. Wow. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I tell you what, um, what you just said was extremely important. You have to deal with other people's emotions. And I think the first thing you have to do is acknowledge the emotions that they're having, because no one's going to move forward until you at least acknowledge them, because people like to be seen. And sometimes that's the aggravating part, because you just want to skip past that part and get straight to look. Here's the issue. So I tell you, I remember one time we were looking at this department and this woman was just, she was stealing. I mean, there's no other way to say it. She had stolen some things from the department. And so um, I remember going to her boss and saying to her boss, hey, here's what's happening. And I basically told him that this lady was stealing from him. Little did I know that she was one of his favorite people. Like they oh. were, yeah, they, they went out yeah. in the community and they volunteered at places. Apparently they went to church together and things like that. So when I initially told him that his favorite person was doing something bad, he then began attacking me. You know, yeah. how can you say this about her? She's the greatest person in the world. She's a pillar of the community. We all love her. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, the one mistake that I made, though, was I, I kind of pushed back like, no, nah, she ain't the greatest person in the world. She's horrible. She's stealing from everyone. <laughs> yeah. So now that was my mistake, though, because I didn't at least acknowledge what he was feeling right then, because really yeah. what he was saying to me was, I can't believe this person that I know, like and trust is doing these bad things. Yes. So if I had acknowledged that he was in a place where he had just gotten some news that was hurtful, and if I had let him sit in that for a little bit, I could have moved him from his feeling into addressing the facts. But I skipped his whole feelings and I just went straight to, nah, man, we look, we yeah. even got her on video camera. What do you mean she yeah. isn't doing this? <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that was a lesson learned for me that not everyone is rational. They start off in an irrational state and you got to kind of work to move them from the irrational state that they're in to thinking logically and rationally. And, yeah. and, you know, once I learned that hard lesson, it became a lot easier to deal with this person. But initially he was just mad at me. It was my fault that somebody he knew was stealing. So yeah. like, like I made her do it or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I, of course, like people get offended because when <clears throat> they have been doing this work all together or all, all their lives. So like, for example, someone from the outside telling them that this is not right or if they point out any person especially like you as you mentioned that you know if someone who is favorite of that uh, of the boss or something so you know like they it's hard for them to believe because you know they have been perceiving things from their angle and uh, it's basically i think here um, most important thing is you need to make a ground before you start telling uh, or giving them the feedback rather than just jump into the to the conclusion that okay hey i found this mistake and then here it is so i think basically what um, most auditors usually or or the people who are actually the bosses who are giving the feedback to their employees it's very important that rather than coming up directly to the main point which is their fault or something it is they have to make a ground they have to prepare them to listen to their feedback because i think this is extremely important right well and the the biggest part about it is here, here's what i try to train auditors on or just anyone people's processes are personal if you're in charge of a process at work it's personal to you like we just equated a process to being someone's baby right this is my baby so now, if this thing is personal because you spend eight hours a day, five days a week on it, you've got to be able to acknowledge the personal piece in it for someone and then help move them along the way. But that that's the most important piece, acknowledging that people's processes are personal. Yes, yes. Okay, so like as um, I was going through the profile and it's basically your um, uh, about section also, you mentioned that you make people, make auditor ask, right question so how important it is to actually asking right question during the process of audit it is extremely important and, and i tell auditors if you can't ask the right questions your career is over because that that's the biggest part of your job and 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 by right what i mean by that is asking questions that are open and objective don't come in with your bias i've seen a lot of auditors they you know, they've been looking at this one department for years and it's been bad for years. And so the next year they come in with a preconceived notion that everything is going to be bad. No, you have to remove your bias. You have to be very open to exploring the information that you receive from people. Um, but yeah, if you can't do that, 
then your career is over. But I would take it above and beyond just auditing. In life, if you don't ask the right questions, you will have a bad outcome in life. You know, choosing what career you want, choosing who to uh, make your husband or wife, choosing what restaurant to eat at. Just every choice you make is a series of asking good questions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, uh, if um, like all the questions, all the answers are there, it's just the matter that we need to ask the right question because as Albert Einstein said that, you know, when he's faced with any problem, he spent like 90% of the time trying to uh, find the, like to make the, to, make, uh, to come up with the right question so he can find the answer. Because fi once you're clear in your head what you're looking for, it's easy to pinpoint what is there in the environment or something. So I think oh, the yeah. main, more, most important thing is like you, one needs to be clear in the mind. And I can so much relate because like my profession is um, marketing research. And whenever like the things, whenever we, I have a client, whenever I have clients, I ask them that, okay, what is, what do they want? Because if they are clear in their objective, only then a research can help them find the answers to it. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I was talking to somebody earlier this week and I remember uh, talking about one time when I had gone on a job interview as a kid and I just read a story in the news that the company was about to file for bankruptcy, right? So <laughs> in the job interview, myself and a bunch of other people that I knew, we actually were, we were interviewing for uh, the same job. And in the yeah. job interview, I actually asked, hey, I just heard in the news that you guys were going out of business. Is this true? Now, I think I actually made them mad because they didn't hire me. However, they did hire a couple of my friends. My friends didn't ask that critical question in the job interview because they didn't want to offend the people. And sure enough, shortly after they got the job, the company went bankrupt and they lost their jobs. See, the thing is, because I asked that question, if they had been honest with me and told me, yes, I wouldn't have taken the job anyway. So oftentimes we're, we, we know certain things instinctually and we're just afraid to even ask because we're afraid to offend someone. And we put ourselves on the back burner and we don't ask the questions that we need to ask. Yeah, definitely. So since um, you said that, you know, a lot of people are do not like numbers, they don't like to be asked questions, they don't like to be criticized. So you are faced with like very difficult problem, you know, like you're in the job which no one likes and people do not um, uh, sort of, uh, you know, you can help you to, you know, when you ask for any uh, information, they would be reluctant. So how you can add uh, the element of fun to make it, you know, more lively where people actually enjoy the process. Do you have any solution to it? Or do you think that it's just the boring and it's like, you know, hopeless? <laughs> and You know, here, here's the thing. It, it may not be fun, but I think, <laughs> the, <laughs> I think the key to it is to treat people like human beings with decency and respect. Um, yeah. I, I actually had one client tell me one time after we, we looked at his area and it happened to be really, really bad. I mean, it, it really was bad. But after it was over with, he told me, he said, look, man, um, I don't really like what you do, but I like how you do it. And it was because we treated his people with decency and kindness and common courtesy. 
not everything in life is going to be fun and not everything in life is going to be exciting. But I think as long as you treat people well and you treat people right, you can make the experience the best that it can be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, because uh, I feel that, okay, like there are things that, that needs to be done, whether you like it or not. I mm -hmm. mean, because this is the way it should be. But what we can do is we can add a little bit of human touch to it, which makes it more, um, you know, like you can empathize with people and makes it more relatable with everything and makes the people realize the importance of the process because, um, of course, without audit, uh, these corporate world and these companies cannot exist. And, you know, they, there has to be something that needs to check that whether they are following the right processes or not. So tell us a little bit about your uh, way of doing, how your way is different from the rest of the auditors. You know, I, I don't know if at its core, my, my way of actually doing the process is different. I think that I'm different in the way that I talk to people in the way that I handle people, because honestly, it, it is about being objective. So if I go into an organization, I just want to find out if you're doing things in a way that helps you. And so I start with that in mind. I'm here to help you out because if I go in and I audit you and everything looks great, then you look good. If we go in and we audit you and some things need some improvement, then how can we all work together to help improve things? So my approach is always on how can we, and I, I use the word we because we're all on the same team. How can we collectively work better to make things better um but as far as the mechanics i mean some of it just is what it is i think i just have a different kind of personality and that's what i bring to the table yeah yeah but the thing is like uh, as you mentioned that you know you hate numbers <laughs> oh, I do. how can how can you actually uh, be in that field which deals with all the numbers so have you simplified the process or you're still just doing it uh with whatever well, you know, it is the thing is the numbers is the easy part it's the people who are compiling the numbers that make the that that are you know the important piece of it so while I hate numbers, I like dealing with the people. And so you talk to the people and that gives you a better understanding of why they've done the certain things that they've done and how they've done the things that they've done. So I think I think those people who just focus on the numbers, they're the ones who are hated because they miss out on the people element. Yeah, that's that's actually make it different. I completely agree that um, because um, the thing is that numbers are there for a reason. And numbers are actually is a, um, numbers are an indication towards something. It it is telling I either uh, because like if I can um, say that if like I'm from the background of the research and marketing, so like I usually get a like huge data about uh, that what's going on in the market, and you know like you need to make sort of a pattern out of it. You need to find out that what's going on with the numbers. So I think that is the fun part that at least I enjoy that, right. you know, it's basically the numbers, of course, I hate it. But the thing is, when you look at the broader picture, they give tells you a story. And that story is something that is the insight that you need to pick that, OK, yes, this is what it is telling. Maybe like 
the number 3030 doesn't tell you anything like you know as in as uh, like if it's there but when it is sitting with the entire group of data then you get to know okay this is either low high or what is actually the meaning of it so i think that is what it is important about exactly and that's it the numbers are just the means to an end when yes. you get the numbers that's when the actual fun starts because you get to make a decision so if you're sitting here and you're looking at your budget and you have more money than you thought you were going to have that's more money that you can reinvest back into your business into marketing into advertising or giving your people a pay raise if you find that there's less money than you thought then oops now you got to do some tightening you know you may have to let someone go you may have to cut yeah. your marketing budget or something like that but that's yeah. where the exciting piece is because now you get to get together and decide what you're going to do now that you know what the numbers are telling you yeah yeah because actually the thing is that no matter how much we hate numbers but when you see and when you look around this is the maths everywhere i mean i would say that even um when i was studying psychology like i remember like freud said that you know eventually when you are even studying emotion it all and ends up to the mathematics or the numbers so you know like it's it is even when we are understanding a human psyche we see that if a certain amount of serotonin or dopamine is released in the brain that is that affects our emotion so like you know at the end of the day we cannot escape number <laughs> and that's what my you know uh, rationalizing rationalization comes from you know like no matter how much i hate number i cannot escape it <laughs> but but here's the thing though it it puts you in a in a state of uh looking at things realistically so so picture a company where everyone believes in the company and they they feel like it's a great company but then you look at the numbers and you're not bringing in any revenue now you yeah. know you've got to do something different either you need to increase your sales or maybe your product is bad and nobody really yeah. wants the product maybe yeah. only your employees thinks that it thinks that it's a good product so yeah. it helps you move beyond okay what are your hopes and dreams and now what is reality now if you want your reality to reality to mirror your hopes and dreams then you need to do something different. So I think that that's the biggest point um between really looking at your numbers and analyzing what's happening in your business or even in your personal life. Like for example, right now I wish I could be in Hawaii sitting on the beach, but my bank account is telling me that I don't have enough money to be yeah. in Hawaii sitting on the beach. So what yeah. do I need to do? I need to make more money. Or I need to change my dream, right? One one of the yeah. two. <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah we need to be realistic and uh, even thinking that of course i said that you need to have a big dream but you need to make a realistic plan to reach to the goal so and we have to make it like a step by step that how okay i want to be in the beach of hawaii but the thing is that how to do this maybe we need to work hard at the moment and then uh, have that goal in our life so well, tell us sorry no go ahead well i was about to say that's where the fun starts though yes. you know because just take that example about me wanting to be in hawaii i could say to myself well you know what i want to create something that i can sell that would bring in additional money for me so that i can now buy a house on the beach in hawaii so now that's where the creativity starts 
But it all started because my numbers, my bank account showed me that I didn't have enough money to do what I wanted to do right now. Yeah. That's what I mean when I say I don't necessarily like numbers. I like what numbers drive you to do. Yeah, absolutely. The numbers actually gives the insight and that's what it gives the meaning to these numbers. And that's where the fun is basically when you make the story out of it, when you know that how, what these numbers are telling you. So yeah. tell us um, that for how an average auditor can become an extraordinary. So is there any recipe to success or anything that differentiates uh, an ordinary uh, auditor from the extraordinary one? You know what? I'll tell you. So I'll tell you the secret. Okay. You want to know the secret? <laughs> the secret is to just have some empathy for people and be human. Like, yeah. seriously, it, it really is just that simple. Have some empathy for people and be human and have open communication. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, um, in and that's what, and that is the reason why I actually started this show, The Psychology Talks. It's basically in every field we need to deal with, like, whatever field we are in, we are uh, dealing with people. And when we are dealing with people, with the way they want to be you know dealt with that makes a person stand out and that makes everything easy we need to empathize we need to add that human touch in every field that can makes us stand out from the rest of it so well, the thing is too i think i think we, we we live in a world where people think okay at home this is the way you act at home. And then as soon as you open the door and you step into the office, you're a totally different person. And that's yeah. not true. You bring yeah. the stuff from home into work with you and then you take the stuff from work home with you. Yeah. And so you have to realize that people have emotions that they bring with them to work. They have emotions from work that they bring home. Yeah. You have baggage that you bring from home to work you have baggage that you bring from work to home there is no real separation there like people would have you to believe and once you start to figure that out you can start to deal better with people in the workplace yeah absolutely actually we are not um like people on different roles a completely different personality it's not like that right. everything is especially like the way my childhood is is affecting the way that i'm speaking right now so exactly. this is how it is it's like the entire a human is not just a consumer or a customer or a client or an employee that person is an, a human being and that person needs to be treated as a human being not as in just an employee just as a um, a customer or a client and when we add this human touch that is the that makes us i think the uh, differentiator from the other things well so. and you know you you bring up a really good point though when you said things from your childhood affect how you are as an yes. adult i mean realistically if you look at us as adults we really are truly just a mirror image of who we were as children just uh we, we're bigger <laughs> we're a lot taller <laughs> yes. So, yes think about it you see somebody in the workplace and they do something real crazy and you're thinking now why did you do that well it's yeah. because adults were just big children i mean really yes. The, the, yes absolutely i can understand i can relate because you know a lot of people i do like um uh give like uh, voluntarily uh, 
help people and give counseling. And, you know, I'll just quote from here since you brought up this uh, discussion. So, you know, like I remember like I was providing a counseling to my friend. I mean, to the person she was, she was having problem with that sort of like a fight with her husband. And, you know, he was like, he said like, you know, he's not talking to me. He's behaving awkward and something. And I said, like, why? What is the reason? Maybe this. E-. So the end of when I started discussing that, it, we came up to the point that he just wanted her attention. And that's what happens with children as well. You know, when they when you don't give them attention, they start behaving weird. And that rule applies everywhere to adults and to children. If you don't give them attention, they will do some weird things and to just gain your attention. And rather than you react to their behavior, try to find out what is the root cause of it. And then you'll find out that it is your fault that you are not giving the attention to the person at the first place. Well, and then what you find out too, though, is that most people, when they have these emotions, we do a terrible job of explaining to others why we feel the way that we feel. And that's the part where you get stuck. So we could feel like we want some attention from, you know, our husband or wife or whatever. But instead of just saying, hey, look, honey, I wish you would pay me a little bit more attention. We do something crazy like act out or do something. I don't I can't even think of anything crazy. What's something crazy (laughs) someone would do? I don't know. Hide your husband's uh, car keys or something. I don't know. But (laughs) instead of just being an adult, quote unquote, an adult and saying, hey, look, I would like some more attention. We do things that are real silly and stupid. and that's the thing, just trying to figure out how to communicate your needs better to others. It's the same thing in the workplace, though. People yes. come to the workplace and they may fear. Some people have a fear of abandonment. Right. And so you come yes. into work and you fear that the employer is going to fire you because you've had a bad couple of weeks. So now you fear being abandoned by your employer and you start to act silly in the workplace instead of just yes. telling your employer, look, I've been having a bad two weeks. I hadn't been feeling well and I know I've been off. But, you know, yes. next week I should be better. We we act out instead of being honest with what we're feeling. Yeah, yeah, that's that is something that it's very important. Again, here it is the importance of you know having uh, the discussions about the mental health because a lot of people feel exhausted, stressed because of the work, and they are actually just feeling shy to you know to speak out to their um, like mental state at that moment because they may be bugged out they may be having the extreme stress because of the work but if they don't tell it if they don't speak out it would cause them to it will lead them to burnout and that's why it's very important to actually speak about mental health issues at the workplace so let me ask you, how would you how would you go about addressing that with someone at work? How would you go about telling your boss, look, I'm having a crazy day? <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually it has to be uh, technical, to be honest. Uh, first of all, we need to see that how much your boss is receptive to it. You know, if the boss is not receptive, you cannot just tell that, OK, I am having a stress because don't give me that much work. I'm <laughs> it, it wouldn't work. So again, as I actually mentioned earlier, that you need to create, a, you need to make a groundwork before actually come on, coming up to the actual problem. So for example, if there is so much work and your boss is not understanding, so there are two things. Uh, either you actually involve your HR and tell that, okay, this is the problem that this is having. And then you also discuss with your boss. 
Secondly, then, okay, your your boss is also a human that, you know, you try to build a rapport with him first and make uh, make him to the point that, you know, he or he or she is receptive to your point and then, uh, you know, tell your problem and then, you know, tell them the situation that it is too stressful. Maybe that person needs a, uh, a day off or maybe that person needs another resource who can help them. So uh, everything is done. I mean, it has to be done through a proper strategy rather than just coming up. Like uh, I would say that don't be too spontaneous in, you know, telling your problems. It's just have a think through, think about that, you know, okay, why you are feeling, have proper evaluation about yourself that, okay, if you're feeling stress, what is the reason? Is it because of the work? Is it because of the home? And what are the changes in the responsibility? And then create a proper groundwork tell your you know boss about it and if the boss is not not receptive involve your hr and even if the hr is not receptive then look for another job because that's the time to move on to another job yeah 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 no i, I like that last one because sometimes you have to know when to give up a lot of people yeah. just keep trying and trying and sometimes you got to know when to give up yeah 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 and and carmen has a, a very good point interacting with people give you the opportunity to show empathy and kindness respect and that's very true thank you for that comment so uh okay so we are actually reaching to the end of the show so and since like if any of the audience have any question please feel free to ask and i would uh, in the meantime i'll ask you to like maybe just give us uh give our audience one advice that what would be the one advice would you give today to our audience uh, audience Ooh. <laughs> well let's see now now that depends you want me to talk about one piece of advice on how to deal with being audited or just any kind of random advice um since we are now talking about the audit and the finance and so maybe like i would just uh, say that um, give the advice about that how to make the audit uh, more acceptable by the people and uh, although you like you've already tell us uh, already told us that you know it, oh. we need to add some human touch or something but maybe like just one advice to the audience today that sum sum up the entire you know discussion today you know what Here, here's what i would say Th this is what i'll say if you are being audited i think there's a way that you can handle it to make it the best that it can be for you so I think the first thing you have to do is realize that no auditor wants to find something wrong. Because like I said earlier, that's more work for us. It's really all about trying to make the organization the best that it can be. So approach everything with an open mind and just be really honest and operate under mutual respect. Now, that's bearing in mind that the people who are auditing you are respecting you as well. So I think if you go into it with an open mind and mutual respect, then everything will be fine. Because, again, no one wants to find something wrong because that really means that there's more work to be done. Yeah. So yeah. honesty, open communication and mutual respect. Yeah, I think that's the brilliant advice that um, uh, are for the audience today. So and with this advice, we wrap up our uh, discussion today and we say thank you to everyone who joined today and uh, we had a lovely discussion. Uh, thank you, Robert, for sharing great insights. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the show. <laughs> I hope our audience did as well. Yeah, we'll find out soon enough. Yeah, sure. So anyways, so bye bye and thank you. 
and have a, a great rest of the evening. Bye-bye.